Welcome sisters. This is Danielle. Daniel, I am here in San Diego, California, and so grateful to be on this podcast with you today. I'm here with my best friend, Kirsten. Hey, everybody. She's joining us from Hawaii, and we, yeah, we're just enjoying virtually <laughs> connecting since um, right now we're going through a strange transition in life. I know a lot of you have probably had a lot of things on your mind, as well as Kirsten and I. We've been talking a lot more, as we said, during the week, spending quite a few hours processing lots of different things. And as we started this podcast, Kirsten and I were chatting, and we were just, we want to share our authentic journey of what we're going through during this time in hopes it'll help you. And the theme that we are finding, and it's really, you know, Kirsten said, I want to you know, the theme of this is staying in joy. And it's so true. And that's really what the prophet has told us is to stay in joy and find things that bring you joy. So I want to share with you a little bit of my own process this week and the last couple weeks. Um, there's been so many tender mercies that are just amazing, but there has definitely been an uncertainty and the uncertainty isn't anything to do with the savior, but just the, just the underlying message of what this entire quarantine, it's pretty baffling to have something happen that the entire world gets shut down and makes you wonder like where that power would even come from. I mean, we've had, you know, it's just, it's just interesting. And so as we've talked and processed a little bit about that, what I, what I have felt, well, number one is, yeah, there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there for sure. Um, and there's probably a lot of truth to some of those. I, what I have felt is I don't feel joy when I dive into those. I don't. I'm curious, but I don't feel joy. So I have to really filter what I click onto to learn about. And I'm very careful to keep my spirit strong right now because I know staying in joy is the only way I can prepare for conference. So, so that's one thing, right? So it's not going down a rabbit hole of what's going on with um, conspiracy theory. But then there's another rabbit hole. And actually, I don't even know if I would call it, it can be a rabbit hole in your head. And that is, you know, focusing on the end, end times and all the signs of the times. And yes, there's merit there. We do need to know the signs for sure. And I think it's really important that we look at uh, what is going on. And I hope it wakes us up to a lot of those signs. But where I call it a rabbit hole is when, and this is kind of what happened with me, because as you guys know, I've, my family has prepared and we have my, I still talk to my parents, my dad and his wife about end time signs, you know, all the time. That's all they study. They, you know, even before all this happened. So, so it, it got me to where I was like, oh my gosh, am I really prepared for the end of times? I don't know if I'm doing, you know, and it got me in a rabbit hole of not feeling enough and that I haven't done enough in my lifetime to even have these tribulations that will come that will be worse than obviously what we're going through. And I went down a, a little bit of a spiral from that. And so Kirsten and I have talked a lot on the phone as well as my friend um, Tiffany in Washington. And we've just been processing a lot of this stuff and where it comes back to, I'm going to kind of circle back to after me kind of getting a little little spiral with the conspiracy, then a little bit of spiral of not being prepared enough for the second coming and the tribulations. And then it just comes back to what Kirsten just said right before we started this call. What brings you joy? Joy is what is going to prepare me for conference. 
not how much did I study, how much I'm not, I'm underutilizing the priesthood and how much I'm not doing enough. I had a, I had a moment on Thursday. We're recording this on Sunday. So it's a three, three days ago, I guess. Um, that I spiraled with not feeling enough and just not doing enough. And I, it was not an easy spiral. I just realized I had to surrender completely to the savior and just say what I have done. I just have to surrender it. And I just prayed for forgiveness for what I lack that I may have, you know, been ignorant of, but then I just caught this overwhelming feeling, filming, feeling, filming, feeling, he was filming me, just kidding. No, overwhelming feeling that he received my, Kirsten's laughing. <laughs> she's muted, but she's laughing at me right now. I had to mute myself. So. <laughs> oh, find he's you. filming you? He's filming more, me, yes. Everything Weird. I'm doing, I know. Oh I was trying to say overwhelming and feeling at the same time, and it yeah. just came out as filming. So it's great. It's great. Okay. I think we're watching a little too much of Netflix lately, right? <laughs> Carry on. Yes. So anyway, well, the cool part about this was, is I felt that he received my prayer and just like, I've got you. And I, and this is kind of funny, but I got the feeling that he was just saying, you're pretty cool. And I, and I was like, Oh yeah, I'm pretty cool. And, and he was telling me like, he was helping me see all the really cool things about me and how he's prepared me for something bigger. And I'm just in all the preparation of that. He was like, you know, you're a covenant daughter. You've served a mission. You speak, you know, multiple languages. Um, you're a therapist, you're a doctor of the, you know, psychology. So you know stuff about the brain and, and, and he's just like telling me all these things. Um, I prepared you to work really well with teenagers. Like that is my forte. That's what I did in my, um, what, as a therapist and I work really well with them. He's like, he's showing me, he prepared me through lessons of faith through being, um, not married yet and being single through losing the ability to have children. He's prepared me with these trials of faith. And he, and he was just like showing me like all these things and, and from being abused as a child and overcoming that, like, here you go. We've prepared you through this. We prepared you through this and then this and then your mission. And then, you know, and then this trial. And I was just like, wow. I mean, he was just showing me and I'm like, you're right. I'm enough. I am pretty cool. And it just brought it back around that. Cause I was like, am I prepared enough for the second coming? Am I prepared enough for conference? I don't want to miss out. And I don't want to miss the mark, you know? And I was like, and then I realized there is no mark that, you know, that we have to measure up to. It's your individual relationship with the savior. That's your mark. Wow. That's beautiful. I love thinking about it being an individual preparedness. So you can't compare your preparedness to my preparedness or whatever it may be. I mean, the prophet did speak to us about certain scriptures. I think he was pretty clear um, about certain scriptures that we could read that could help our preparedness. But as I've gone back and watched uh, a few of the prophet's messages, um, both in the October general conference, as well as the April last year general conference, I, I feel like I'm, I'm listening and watching these messages with new eyes now 
Like, it's like, wow. Okay. Now that this big transition in the world has been revealed now, how can I go back and listen, you know, with fresh ears and eyes. And so those messages are clear, but they're also gentle and loving as the savior would give them to us. Um, Oh my goodness, there's so many things in my mind right now, things that we've talked about. But uh, Danielle, as, as we've talked about signs of the times and being prepared and the Lord giving us information. And, and one of the questions I had when you first started talking to me about some of the things that you were studying, I was my question was like, well, why, why is it hidden? Like, I don't understand, like, why don't they talk about this over the pulpit at sacrament meeting or even in general conference? Like, they don't come out and say, okay, well, the seventh seal has been broken and this is when it happened and blah, 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 you know, like not blah, 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 but (laughs) these are sacred things. But, (laughs) you know, it's like you read the book of Revelation and Daniel and um, different scriptures in D&C, you know, and it it still doesn't come out in plain language that we as like, you know, members of society in 2020 understand without having to try harder. Right. And so one of the things that you said to me, and since then I've, I've watched a few different things and um, you know, as I have felt guided by the spirit, not, not going too deep into any rabbit hole, like you said, but definitely following the prophet and reading the scriptures and then, a few extra little things here and there, but um, one comment you made to me that I really liked was how the Lord loves us so much that he wants to give us every fair chance to make decisions in our humanity, in our natural man, and like make mistakes, and he still wants to just love us through it. So what I mean by that is like, If the Lord came right out and appeared right to your face right now and was like, all right, Kirsten, you know, this is it. And this is what you're going to do. And, and, and I, if I didn't follow him exactly, like exactly, then he could judge me based on like the level of intelligence and clarity I was given. And I feel like that's not his goal is to judge you harshly. Right. So he's like, Hey, I'm going to give this information. And then if you aren't prepared enough spiritually or whatever it is in your life, in your circumstances, again, with your children, without your children, with, you know, with no children, with however it is in your life right now, with, you know, major financial crisis happening or whatever, where you aren't able to receive the fullness of this information. I don't want to judge you on that fullness of that information. I want to, I want to be with you holding your hand through each little tiny bite-sized morsel of information that you get so that I can continue to love you and judge with grace where you're at. And so as you talk about being prepared, you know, I'm thinking, well, just tell me everything I need to know for heaven's sakes, you know, but I got to tell you guys, I had this really interesting experience last week. Um, I don't remember what day it was. It might've been like Wednesday or something like that a few days ago. Um, I was getting pretty, uh, you know, you get stir crazy, right? You get stir crazy when you don't know what's going to happen. You've got, I don't really watch the news too much, but I like to read some headlines, not because I believe everything they're saying, but just because I like to know, I like to gauge the temperature of the world so I can kind of see like what is the temperature of what a lot of people are thinking right now. Anyway, 
I got real annoyed with the whole thing. And I just finally said to the Lord, like, or maybe it was just to myself or to the Lord or whatever, you know, when you're talking to yourself, you're just like saying things out loud. And I'm just like, when is this going to be over? Like, when can we just go back to normal? And literally you guys is so crazy. 10 seconds after I said that statement, my friend texted me with a news story that a tsunami warning had just been issued for the state of Hawaii. And it like shocked me so boldly. I was like, whoa. And the Lord said to me, never, Kirsten, we won't be going back to quote normal, you know? And, and some people might, right? I, and I'm not, you know, if you do like whatever, it's your journey. But what the Lord was saying to me was, Everything you have learned and thought and who you have become in the last two weeks of slowing down and, and, not, and being uncertain and following the prophet more closely than you have ever, ever followed before. And I mean, deep searching of his words and you know, deep searching of scripture, that sort of way of becoming. The Lord was telling me, you will never go back. That is not what you're supposed to do. You know, please don't go back to normal. And the tsunami warning, um, it, it was real. There was actually a, a 7.5 mag magnitude earthquake in Russia in the bottom, uh, in the ocean floor. And it projected that a, a large tsunami wave would be hitting Hawaii about six hours later. So, you know, plenty of warning, but still. Um, about 30 minutes later, it was called off. Thank goodness we didn't have to deal with the tsunami warning <laughs> and being evacuated with but we're all quarantine evacuated. Like, I don't know. It was like so crazy, but you know, it was a reminder to me that we are being carried by the Lord in his hands, but we don't get to like the lessons that we're learning is that he is preparing us in each day in, in like each hour, you know, in each 30 minute increment of things that are happening. And the lesson is to stay in joy during that time. And what I have felt too, and Danielle and I were just talking about this, there's a lot of things that come up in the world, um, in my life when I'm dealing with certain things with team members or, you know, properties, I, I run Airbnbs, you know, things like that. And Satan is right there just looking for any, any distraction he can throw in my face that will keep me from focusing on the Lord. And that's probably one of the biggest lessons I've learned through this process is that I have to stop allowing distractions, the, the fear, the panic, the uncertainty, all of those things are tools that Satan is using to keep us out of charity and out of joy. I totally agree. How can we even hear him if we are not in charity? And I am grateful, you know, this experience, the fear, the uncertainty has arisen to giving me a stepping stool, like a whole nother level of strength to exercise charity and joy. Like, it, you know, it's pretty easy. Oh, yeah, I've got it. Yeah, you know, I'm a normal exercise routine. And now my gym is closed. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so what am I going to do for my cross training? And I, so I've had to really... Um, work on different things, different levels of training my body. Right. And so this, I feel like is a whole nother way to train us spiritually. Like, and, and like you said, the Lord's like, I mean, that tsunami warning couldn't have come at a more like crucial moment for you to, for him to say to you, don't go back to normal. 
feast, be um, hungry for the prophet's words. And I was, you know, reading in Enos today. I, that was the chapter I was focused on. And I actually wrote down, because the, the, the Come Follow Me had some prompted questions. And I wrote down, how did he, how, how was he so successful basically with the Lord? And what was his pattern? And the number one thing was desire, right? He had such a strong desire from his desire, his faith, right? So desire was number one. Then he exercised faith. And oh wait, no, sorry. Let me back up. It was desire. Then he had repentance. So it was forgiveness. He was repenting for his sins. So the atonement, right? So that forgiveness brought him to the Lord. Then his sins were forgiven and it was because of his faith, right? So we've got desire, um, forgiveness, and faith. And then the last thing was, whatever you shall ask for will be granted. And he had a desire for his own soul. That was what he was really, really praying for, um, was forgiveness of his soul. And then once his forgiveness was granted, his faith was strengthened. He knew he was forgiven. His guilt was swept away. And then what did he do? I thought this was so interesting. Once he was able to take care of his own soul, he then went through the exact same process, desire, repentance, forgiveness, and faith for his brethren, for the Lamanites. And he just prayed and he just asked. He had with all the desire. In fact, he says the word desire. I circled it quite a few times in that chapter. I had such a desire that they will be able to come to know, you know, their fathers, you know, um, and because he says right now our works are in vain with them. They're ferocious people. And he just says, I pray and desire for their welfare. And he was actually praying for thousands of years later, which was really cool um, that they would be brought to the knowledge of, um, of the truth. And I just, I just thought that was really cool. The lesson that I got out of that was we have to take care of ourselves, right? Self-care, whatever that looks like for you to be able to go and serve another. And I just think that's so important, how you can take care of yourself, your own soul, which is that have a desire to, right? Have the forgiveness, the repentance, and then um, the faith. And then you can bestow that onto others. And so one of the other things, I, I don't know, I don't think I shared this last week, but I, when this whole thing struck, of course, my mind went to, um, it is, I mean, you guys, we know we're in the end of times. I mean, it's the year 2020. It doesn't take a genius to figure that out. So what really, for me, um, I had a moment where I woke up in the middle of the night. It was um, on Sunday. And so I woke up in the middle of the night and my heart was just heavy. And I just prayed and prayed um, for forgiveness, for not being more awake and prepared, and then not being more prepared to be able to help my my own tribe right my own team my own community my family to be more prepared and i just i i almost i didn't realize until i'm saying this right now that it was similar to what enos was going through of this like wow i need to take care of my own soul and then all of a sudden i was like well i didn't even get to take care of anybody else's i mean again it's i can't do anything for their soul other than help be a guide, help be an instrument for God to bring them unto Christ, right? And that might be with food storage. That might be with, um, with the church, with the gospel, with the you know, Book of Mormon. I was sharing just something. And I felt, again, a couple of things I felt forgiven, which was so amazing. And, and I know I've, I've had to process a lot of this, like, 
I have seen a lot of posts and videos and things like they're talking about pretty much, okay, this is it. This is the end hunker down. And, and I actually don't feel that I am not going to promise you or prophesy for what, cause I really, all I can tell you is what I feel in my heart from God is that this is a grace. It's a wake up and it's going to allow us a time. I don't know how much I wouldn't lollygag, but some time to get prepared that, that might, and I think the very first preparation is spiritual, which is when I prayed to Heavenly Father, okay, what do I need? Do I, do I need to get some food storage right now? More water storage? You know, I have some, I've got like three months worth, but, but not a year's worth. You know, if we were to, I mean, my grocery stores, it's, it's, it's kind of creepy being allowed only one thing of eggs when I went there and there, and we were out of eggs. I'm like, I'm allowed one carton and you have none. <laughs> so I made me realize like we do need this stuff. What if nothing were to be available? You'd only have what's inside of your home. So anyway, when I prayed to know what should I do about this, I, you know, quickly go get a whole bunch of stuff. And I got the direction just to prepare spiritually right now for conference and don't fret about all the other stuff. So that was, that was helpful for me. I would advise, you know, just anybody pray for your own self, what you need to do. But that gave me, you know, some comfort. I'm just spiritually preparing. And I do feel like this is a test. This is a wake up. This is a, a b- ability for us to not go back to normal, like Kirsten said, to, to really do look unto the Savior for all things. What is your mission of the last days? What can you do to be better prepared? If this scenario, not if, probably when this scenario were to occur again, but worse a worse virus and more shutdown in society with no availability of food. What would you do? So again, I felt like the Lord was saying, it's a wake up. He's so gentle with us. It's a grace. He's going to allow whatever time he can. And I'll tell you the other thing that happened while I've been searching what is going on and how to prepare. I've been reading just along with, you know, come follow me. And it was Jacob five, the allegory of the olive tree. And I was talking to my friend Tiffany and we, again, I've been on the phone with my friends a lot being isolated and also being, you know, my mind being a little troubled with some stuff. And she said to me that think how many times the Lord tried and tried and pruned his, his olive tree. He tried so he, he does so many chances and it's not like him to just go, Oh, oops. Now you're awake. Sorry. (laughs) I really think he's so merciful and graceful and the scriptures are going to come more alive, especially the scriptures of the end times as time passes, but just to take this, this wake up, take it as a grace and not to lollygag is the word that comes to my mind and do what I need to do, but also just trust that spiritually he's got us. But do what you need to do to like, just like Enos, take care of our soul, take care of our homes, our food storage, and then be an instrument to help others. Because that was the biggest remorse I felt was not only not, not just not having my own year's worth of food storage, but actually not helping anybody else. My brother, my mother, nobody else that like filled me with so much like remorse. And I won't let that happen when the true time comes. So that, that was my big lesson this week. That's beautiful. Thank you. Um, as your friend, I want to defend you. I'm like, yeah, but you do help your mom. You do help your brother. You do help so many people. Why don't you, like, I'm totally like, okay, I see what you're saying, but I, you know, I was reminded as soon as you said, 
not being able to help anybody else, I was reminded of, you know, the fishes and the loaves, actually, the story, you know, in Matthew, I believe it is, and and how the Lord just takes what tiny little bit there is and just makes it just go forever, you know, and, and like, that's what it means to be prepared spiritually. That's why you were directed. And I believe we're all being directed in that way. Like, Oh, prepare spiritually. And then I'll just teach you how to magically reproduce as many protein bars as you could ever want. Danielle, <laughs> you will have an unlimited supply of protein bars. You know, it's kind of funny, but also very true. Like, I think he would probably do that for you. You know, you would just open, you'd have a miracle story where you just open your cupboard and there's just more bars all the time. And as long as you just prepare spiritually, you know, uh, yeah, that's probably going to happen to you. I do love my protein bars. Yes, yes. <laughs> Mark my words, I guarantee that's going to happen to you. So I want to share with you guys, as you were talking to Dan, uh, Danielle, as you were talking to everybody, I, I actually just got out my journal. I have a, I have many journals, but one of them uh, is my spiritual journal. So it's the journal that I've been taking notes on uh, as I have um, watched a general conference for the last, uh, you know, 15, 20 years. And ironically enough, the very first... Uh, actually, I think I read this on our pod um, when we first started our podcast like a year or more ago. My very first entry is July 25th, 2004, and it's you and I sharing this journal together from the very beginning. Page one is uh, spiritual insights and relationship, you know, friendship things and other things um, that you and I were sharing um, however many, 16 years, I guess that is, it's 2020. Anyway. So pretty cool. But in my spiritual journal, as you were talking, I just wrote a note to myself and it says, Kirsten, please don't lollygag after this is over. This COVID-19 moment has been a warning. Remember what it feels like to have a desire as if it truly was in times to serve and share truth with my friends and neighbors. Act as if. As humans, I don't know why. I, it's just maybe we will understand at some point why our, our bodies and minds are designed to forget because we are, we're designed to forget. We don't like generations pass away and, you know, things happen. And, and even, you know, I birthed five children and even every once in a while I'll be like, Oh, let's do, let's have another baby. And my husband was listening, like, are you freaking crazy? Like, no, that's a nightmare. Don't ever do that. But I forget, like, I forget how hard it is. You know what I mean? And, and I think we are, kind of made to forget and, and even we forget the good things too, right? We forget the power of certain insights. Now, I, there are a few times in my life where I will never forget the way the spirit spoke to my soul. And I love the, I cherish those moments because that's when, when you know for sure that it was from the Lord, right? When you had that like bolt jolt of lightning that like shoots through your body and you're like, wow, that is truth that was spoken to my soul. But as a whole, people, you know, in, we'll say, let's say, and I'm just speaking hypothetically, let's say that this quarantine and this, you know, pandemic lasts for another two months, right? And it gets really hard and it's super frustrating and, you know, it's very difficult, right? We'll just say that it lasts. So, so around the summertime, people are just like so excited, like, oh my gosh, I can breathe, I can go out, I can go get, you know, a, a lunch with my friend, whatever, right? And I can go to my events, or some people are probably like, I can actually have a wedding, you know, I mean, things like that, right? It's like, wow, all these things. And so we start to forget 
like very quickly, we start to forget like what it was like and the, and, and the thoughts that we had and like the feeling that it was, you know? And so we start to go back to quote normal. And I just wonder like, how can we live in joy and happiness and normalcy, but also remember like how the Lord, we, we are so much more humble and seeking after him, most of us, when we are in pain or turmoil or uncertainty, you know? And I think, I don't know. I, get, I don't know the answer to that. Is it possible to live in like joy and happiness and, you know, just happy-go-lucky, everything's cool, you know, and still be seeking after the Lord in the same way? I think, you know, we do seek after the Lord and you and I actually do a lot, right? Um, but it doesn't have the same emotion. Um, as it would if it was in like a trial. You know? Yeah. I, I, as you're speaking and I, I'll let you finish with that too. I don't want to cut you off too much, but I, I was the thing that came to my mind strongly, just knowing about the brain and studies about that is habits routine are what um, make it second nature for you so that you don't forget you. In fact, routine, you don't even have to think about like, a, you know, driving a car, if we remember when we first learned to drive, it was like, huh, wh where's the gas pedal? And you accidentally step on the brake, you know, and you slam yourself. I mean, you just didn't. And now you, I don't even have to think about anything with driving because it's so routine. So, and one of the, you know, routines I'm working on is really my Saturdays being preparation for two things, preparation for spiritual for Sunday and preparation for what do I need to do to get myself prepared um, with, you know, whether that be temporally or, um, or even, you know, physically, spiritually and others. And so I'm, I'm, I started, cause I used to just like on Saturdays, um, I would do some work. I would go to the beach, you know, I do, I would do a lot of things, I'm not saying I won't go back to doing some of those things. However, I've noticed like now my Saturdays, I long to have the spirit with me on, and, and I, so for my fast, I was like, I want to prepare for this fast. I want to be so prepared. I want my house clean. And I, and just these little habits that I've shifted so that Saturdays are my sacred prep day. And whether that be for spiritual and or food prep, uh, emergency prep, you know, backpacks that are, you know, whatever, I just, whatever that looks like for you, maybe that's even studying a little extra on, on the gospel. Just for me, I'm making that as a routine so that I, I don't stop. So the Monday through Friday might kind of be normal for me in the sense of like working in my business, but that Saturdays I know I have, I need prep time. Saturday is a special day. <laughs> if you know that song, you know what I mean? It's the day we get ready for Sunday. That's cool. That's really cool. I love it. Um, I wanted to share something else that I just, how I've been experiencing this um, quarantine. So it's been up and down, you know, for the most part, I'm pretty up though. I mean, I live in Hawaii on the beach. Like I really, you guys, I'm not, I'm kind of in a bubble a little bit. Like Hawaii is definitely more of a sheltered, protected kind of area anyway. I mean, they can't, you can't even, you know, bring fruit or animals into Hawaii without like being heavily scrutinized with like paperwork and all kinds of things, you know? So they're actually very careful with what they allow or who they allow or how they allow it. Um, and so because of that, we are quite sheltered. I'm not saying there aren't cases of, of COVID-19 in our, in our state, but up where I live in the country, it's very spread out. I don't live in a city. I don't live around a lot of people, you know? So I've been kind of in this like beautiful 
protected bubble with my children at home and just, you know, we still go out to the beach in our backyard and we do whatever. So one day um, I was actually feeling guilty about this. I was like, I was really bothered, like, oh, and, and I'm sure it's Satan. It's just, it was hard. I don't I know that's so dumb. It's like, oh, nobody feels bad for you in your beach house, Pearson. You know what I mean? But, but like Satan was using that to get to me, like to, to make me, you know, feel bad about my life circumstances. So I was talking to Danielle about it, you know, and I was like, I don't know why I, I just feel bad about feeling good. Like I should feel bad right now. That was the energy. That was the spirit that was lingering around me. That was like, you should feel bad. And I just really couldn't shake it. No matter how much I tried to logically tell myself, you know, like, like I even got to the point where I was like, well, should the prophet feel bad? Like if he's healthy, like, I mean, I'm not the prophet, but you know what I mean? Like should, and do I want anybody else to feel bad if they're happy? No. Well then why do I think I should be feeling bad and feel like guilty about my business being successful right now? You know what I mean? When so many other people's businesses, I mean, my, my parents, their car lot is shut down. Like their income is shut down. There's no way. And it's really scary and hard for people, you know? And so I was feeling like, oh, well, you know, I sell essential oils and lots of people want oils right now. You know what I mean? And I just, part of me is like, oh, well, you should just give them all away for free. Like you shouldn't be like making, you know, and you hear the word should that's like coming out of my mouth, like over and over and over. Like that is an indication to you that should is not like the way that God speaks to us. You know what I mean? It's really not. So if you have any shoulds going on right now, like just know that that is an indication that you are, might be being led, you know, in a certain way, but it is not exactly from God. And that's how Satan does it to us, right? It's like this sneaky little subtle way of just creeping into any of the possible joy that we could be feeling. So I kind of sat with that for that one day. And then the next day I was like super low. I was like, I was all into the conspiracy theories. I was like all into the, I mean, I've got some friends that are like very extremely publicly talking on social media about how this whole thing is Bill Gates fault. And he created this whole thing and the, you know, the master community, whatever vaccines are going to be implanted in all of us. The whole thing was, you know, blah, 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 blah. Okay. It's, it's yucky. It feels yucky. And I was in that. And I mean, it was bad. And I just like ended up, actually, I went and took a shower. Like I, at one point I was just like, okay, you know what? Just go take a shower. Like whatever, just go get in the shower and just let warm water you know, roll over you. And I was in the shower and I kind of said to myself and, and to Heavenly Father, I was kind of praying, you know how you do that in the shower, right? You're just kind of talking and thinking and inviting, you know, the spirit to be with you and pleading for peace. And I said in my prayer, why do I feel so bad right now? Like, I just, I feel terrible. Why am I choosing this, this terror and this pain? And the Lord just, he's so nice. I mean, he is so nice, but he, he was my truth telling friend in that moment. And he said to me, well, you wanted to feel bad. Remember yesterday when you were wanting this? And I was just like, oh, oh my gosh, you're right. I totally chose this. I created this scenario where I felt like I needed to feel bad and feel the pain that wasn't even mine. 
And so I just tell you that story because I really caution you to ask yourself as you may feel low in moments of, of pain and anguish and frustration and, you know, and those, those moments may be yours. They really may be your purifying moments and things that, you know, you're meant to experience, but at the same time, maybe they're not yours. Maybe you're actually tapping into somebody else's pain that is not yours. And, and Satan wants us all to suffer. God is not actually asking us to suffer at all. In fact, that's why our savior suffered all things for us. And even, what was the word you said to me? Uh, oh, even being a victim, right, Danielle? Even being a victim, the Lord has already been the victim and is just asking us to follow him and to prepare spiritually. Um, one more thing. I was just saying to Danielle again, I am trying to avoid any situation right now where I know that I have a tendency to spiral. For example, uh, I just had the, I'll give you a quick example. I had this guy that came and stayed in one of my properties here in Hawaii and him and his friends trashed our house. Like yesterday, the whole day was spent like cleaning it up. They, the night before the neighbors called the cops. Like it was like great. We've never had anyone do this to one of our homes in Hawaii. One time in Vegas we did, but never in Hawaii. So we just had to deal with that yesterday and mostly Kyle was dealing with it while I was taking care of the kids. But <clears throat> so since then we've had to file a claim and like kind of deal with some of that like stuff. And I, right before we jumped on our podcast, I saw an email, um, you know, that was, you could tell it was, he was going to argue with me and he was going to fight with me. And all of a sudden I was like, no, stop. I actually don't need to fight about this. Like I really don't. I, I mean, like give, give whatever, <clears throat> even if I have to pay a little bit of extra money to fix some things or buy some new bedding or towels or whatever, at this moment, I need to avoid anything that is going to take me out of charity. And I was telling Danielle, I don't know why I'm not using this time to write my book or work on some of the courses or the creations that I felt inspired to do. Instead, I'm scrubbing the bottom of my jacuzzi <laughs> and coloring. I actually bought a giant coloring book and I'm just coloring. Like I spent hours coloring yesterday and I got out markers and colored pencils and you know, like those are not super productive things, but I, I seriously right now feel like what I need to do at least in each moment, right? It could change. Like I might feel inspired to do something else at some time, but right now the way that I'm like moving through this experience with grace and staying as much in alignment with the Lord as I can. Yeah. I felt like coloring. And so that's what I'm going to do. And, and there may be other things that I'm not doing, but I don't need to judge myself for not doing those things. I don't need to receive any judgment from anybody else or criticism or anything. It's like staying in joy and peace. So that's what I want to encourage each of you to do. It's like, Try to, try to remove the preconceived notion of what you may have thought before this, you know, oh, well, I should be doing this and this is how it's supposed to work and all those things like be so in tune with the spirit and only do those things that would keep you in tune with the spirit. Anything that, I mean, honestly, I'll, I'll tell you what, Kyle and I have learned that when we're fasting, for the most part, we have to stay out of each other's way. Like, <laughs> so if you have a spouse and you're like, oh, but 
I don't know why we're fighting. Stop. Seriously, just I, I just went into him before this podcast because I wanted to be in like complete peace. Um, I apologize to him for biting, for snapping at him yesterday. It actually had to do with the jacuzzi. He was telling me how to clean the jacuzzi and I didn't like it. And I really got after him. I was like, I said some just snarky things, you know, and it wasn't kind. And I just kind of let it go. And this morning I went and apologized to him. I said, I spoke to you unkindly and I'm sorry. And I love you and please forgive me. And that was cool. But then like right after that, then he did something else. And then I immediately was like super annoyed with what he was doing. I was like, whoa. And I just looked at him like, okay, I apologize to you and I'm going to just say goodbye <laughs> because I have to like, I mean, we will, you know, be together and it will be fine. But you guys seriously avoid any possible triggering scenario right now. Like it is, you don't get the luxury of, of wallowing in the things that trigger you just avoid it and replace it with something from the spirit. And that is what that's the biggest lesson I'm learning right now is an immediate replacement of things that trigger me with the Lord. And he's so excited that we're doing this. I know he's excited that we're learning this lesson, all of us. Yeah, that's so awesome. I love that you just shared. I mean, honestly, it's such good advice and it's, it's the, it's crucial. Do what makes you stay in joy. I love that you were coloring with your kids. I know this week you were playing piano with your kids, like teaching your young, you know, little one to play piano we were on the phone and she would mute herself each time, but, <laughs> but I could hear the little piano in the background. It was so cute. But, um, you know, as I'm thinking, there are a lot of things to learn, knowledge to gain and spiritual stuff, stuff to study and read. But if we're not in joy, we're not going to be receiving what it is we need from those things. And that kind of, I, that kind of happened to me this week. I was just like, I got to learn more because I was watching. And then at some point I watched a couple of videos and I was just like, I didn't absorb any of it. I need to just connect with God. I mean, he'll, he will guide us to those scriptures, to those videos, to those learnings, to, to be prepared in whatever way, if we're in joy. And I've been doing a lot of sitting on my balcony in my hammock that wraps me like a cocoon. And I feel like I'm finally getting a hug and, you know, by somebody, cause now we can't hug people. <laughs> so it's just, yeah, I think that's just the, the name of the game today is what do you need to do to stay in joy and not feel guilty about that? All the other shoulds aren't from God and they'll go away. The dishes, all it'll go away in that state of joy. You'll be directed to pick one puzzle piece up at a time and that puzzle piece will make sense to you versus like, oh, I need to look at all of them and then you just get overwhelmed. So yeah. I've, I've heard that puzzles are out of stock now too. So yeah, you really got to make your own puzzle. I saw that on the news this morning. No way. Oh, lots of people <laughs> doing puzzles. Oh, and by the way, just as a, a little laughter, because I do think we need more laughter too. I really yes. do. Like, it's just, we need to feel joy. My kids think the book of Enos is the funniest thing they have ever heard. Like, we can't say Enos in our house. I have, I have, there's six boys in my house, right? Me and six little men. Enos is just way too close to penis. And <laughs> they just like, cannot, like we, we just had to move past it. It was just like, okay, we're going to just go to Jerem and Omni now because Enos is just like, <laughs> it's not possible. And it was just roaring laughter and giggles with my boys and studying that book. Anyway. <laughs> I did. Yes. 
I did enjoy it personally. You know? <laughs> I do agree with that story. And my boys thought it was hilarious. So. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Uh, yeah, laughter, staying in joy. That's the whole name of the game. And then you'll get prepared for conference to spiritually. And just kind of to end on this note, I've been, you know, as we're fasting and praying, I fasting and praying for the world, for the world leaders and fasting and praying that I can be spiritually prepared for conference to receive whatever it is that I individually need to receive. What is the mark for me that I want and that I need to gain for further development. And that, that's what I'm praying and fasting for. And then the, on the side note of that, which kind of goes along with it, is that I'll be, I can learn and know what my, more of my mission here on this earth and in preparation of the second coming. I think that that is, you know, really important as I'm praying for fasting for the conference just to open up more of my, what my mission is as it, as it needs to come to me. And I, I feel like when I let go of like that, I'm not doing enough and I'm missing some mark and a, a, where's the ruler of enough and what, what mark am I even talking about? It's such a false illusion, but I just go, okay, I'm going to get in joy and I'm just going to be ah, grateful for who I am and where I'm at. And, and then having the faith, like we talked about from Enos, um, that it is to be, um, that faith is what will um, allow you to have your desires granted. That faith. And so I was, you just have to go, okay, I am doing what I need to do. I'm being directed. And when I'm not, the Lord shows me. So then he redirects me. It's all, it's so beautiful. I wanted to share one more thing. I, I realized as I was <clears throat> thinking, we're going to be finishing up here. What I have learned during good times um, where we are not in turmoil, you know, the economy's good, everybody's good. And, you know, when I, I want to remember the Lord, like deeply, you know, one thing that has kept me going throughout really good times where I, I kind of lost my hunger for the gospel sometimes, you know what I mean? Like I still live it and I do my, my thing, you know, like a lot of us, we become, we become complacent, right? And we're lulled into carnal security. I mean, that scripture right there is like, we are living that scripture right there. I remember my covenants and there have been a few times where I have felt the Lord just say to me, well, Kirsten, you're going to stay on the straight and narrow path because you have covenanted to, you have chosen to keep those covenants. So it may not always feel like this really inner turmoil, like, or outer, you know, pandemic going on. And like when things do go back to a peaceful, loving state, because it will, you guys, it will, we're going to go back. And you know what? Like, there's a part of me that's like, I have a lot of mixed emotions about it. You know, I have mixed emotions. I'm grateful. I'm grateful that we can go back and have more time to plan and to, you know, do more missionary work and go to the temple and like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to go back to the temple. I'm just like, please open the temples again. And I believe there will be a, an outpouring of people who have been awakened through this. I believe our, our temples will be more full than they've ever been. I believe that missionary work will probably double and triple what it has been in the past, that so many of us will be like, our hearts will open and be like so grateful, even to just um, even just to hug someone, you know, even just to be 
in a room of people again. Wow. We are going to be learning such a new perspective and gratitude. And I am excited for that. I am. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, my, my greatest, I think I'm realizing what my fast is about. I started my fast and now as I'm like feeling into it more, my greatest desire is that we won't forget. Like, don't forget that, like that love of going to the temple, that love of sharing with your neighbors and, you know, all of that, like, don't get lost again, you know? And I'm, I'm almost, I'm not afraid because I know fear doesn't come from God, but I just really want us to remember that, you know, our covenants keep us close to God, even when times are really good and we can't remember what it was like to not hug our neighbors. You know what I mean? Our covenants is what, they, they, it's really what have kept me safe. Um, if you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, you know that I am definitely like a, a questioner and I, I, sometimes I've even lost my ten, my testimony while I was sitting in the temple. I've lost my testimony. You know, I mean, it's, it's hard for most of us to stay that close and connected. Um, but I'm grateful for my covenants. I'm grateful for each of you and your journeys. I'm so thankful that we get to have these conversations to draw closer to Christ. And I'm especially grateful for our savior who loves us so much, so, so much. You guys, like he's just, he's excited for what we're learning and this purifying process that each of us get to go through. So thank you for being on today. We love you. Um, so grateful to be on with you every week and sharing our testimonies with you. Please stay Enjoy. Find those things that keep you in joy and know that we're right along with you. Enjoy. Talk to you soon. Thank Bye. you. Bye, everybody.